COVID-style prevention measures reappearing in China, from face masks to virus testing, and workers in heavy protective gear. One Chinese city appealing to citizens to stockpile food. How is the U.S. responding? Look at Hong Kong and think of Taiwan. The Taiwanese president urging voters to fight for dignified peace ahead of the island's elections. Could a coat made in China show evidence of slave labor? A curious ID card found in a British Black Friday buy raising questions. Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Are virus control measures re-emerging in China? The man in this photo is taking a nucleic acid test commonly associated with COVID-19. His name is Professor Tian Li, director of the Financial Engineering Institute at a university in North China. Tian posted the video, which was taken on Friday, the first day of an international conference in the city of Guangzhou. The health worker doing this testing was equipped with a white hazmat suit, rubber gloves, a face mask, plus a plastic face shield, bringing back memories from the height of the pandemic. This video has been taken off Chinese social media. COVID-19 testing also appears to be making a comeback over in China's financial hub specifically in one Shanghai airport. The news comes from He Xiaopeng, chairman of Chinese electric car manufacturer Xpeng Motors. He wrote on Chinese social media Weibo Friday that when he returned to Shanghai from overseas, he was asked to take a nucleic acid test right after getting off the plane. Authorities told him it was a random check. But he noted that everyone on his flight was tested. Our reporters reached out to two airports in Shanghai. One of them hung up without any explanation. The other one denied having any kind of testing policy. The chairman's social media post was also quickly removed by the platform. Over in South China, one city is telling citizens to stock up on food. Yiwu is one of China's biggest manufacturing hubs. They even make the Christmas trees that appear in American stores. Worth noting, businessmen from outside China frequent the city. On Friday, an unexpected notice from the Municipal Food Security Office set off panic among some residents. It called on families to stockpile food enough for at least 10 days. It also required cafeterias that serve as city agencies and enterprises to store enough food for 15 days. The notice gave no further details. Some citizens drew parallels between the directive and China's three years of COVID-19 lockdowns. Under them, many Chinese citizens were trapped inside their homes without access to groceries or medical care. The notice was also quickly deleted from social media. Beijing has said it plans to open more pediatric outpatient clinics. That's to vaccinate more elderly citizens and children against the flu and encourage people to wear masks and wash their hands. The reports flow in as Chinese hospitals remain crowded with pneumonia patients. Amid speculation about what's causing the mysterious outbreak, Beijing said it had everything under control over the weekend. But two experts are casting doubt. This wave of pneumonia has broken out in northeast China as early as at least September. How does its peak curve go? How many cases are there? What is the severity rate? What is the mortality rate? And what is its cause? The Chinese Communist Party has not given any answer. How can it say that this outbreak remains under control? The information coming out of China has zero credibility to any thinking individual. 
Five senators have asked President Biden to restrict travel between the U.S. and China due to the outbreak. Experts have noted that a number of countries saw similar increases in respiratory diseases after easing COVID-19 measures, and that every winter, hospitals get crowded with seasonal influenza patients. A daring escape from Hong Kong. Agnes Chow is the latest pro-democracy activist to flee the city as Beijing clamps down on dissidents. Now in Canada, Chow says she'll steer clear of China for the rest of her life. Here's the story. Agnes Chow, one of Hong Kong's most prominent pro-democracy activists, who was later jailed, said on Sunday she had left for Canada. Chow, who is fluent in Japanese, spoke to TV Tokyo in a video call from Toronto. I have to go back to Hong Kong and appear before the authorities in December this year. But I have decided not to return. I can't go back to Hong Kong. I've decided that I will probably never go back. The 27-year-old had worked alongside other young activists, including Joshua Wong, to help drive Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement. Their group, Demosisto, dissolved hours after China passed a sweeping national security law for the city in 2020. Chow said on her social media late on Sunday that she had left Hong Kong for studies in Canada, adding it was for her mental well-being. Her announcement was her first public comment since her release from prison in June 2021. They detailed how she had remained under supervision from authorities. I had things like depression and PTSD. I really couldn't do anything during the three years I was in Hong Kong. Chow was sentenced to 10 months behind bars in November of 2020 over an unauthorized assembly charge. She was also accused of breaking the national security law. Her passport was confiscated and she was required to regularly check in with police as part of a bail condition. She said she was accepted by a university in Toronto this year and that the police agreed to return her passport if she made a visit to the Chinese city of Shenzhen. I was forced to go to mainland China in exchange for the opportunity to study abroad, she wrote. Hong Kong police on Monday condemned Chow's irresponsible behaviors that blatantly challenged law and order and urged her not to be a fugitive for the rest of her life. After Chow relocated to Canada, the Chinese regime issued a warning on Monday stating that any illegal and criminal acts would be punished by law. Is Taiwan's upcoming election a choice between war and peace? Ahead of the January elections, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen appealed to voters over the weekend, urging them to look at Hong Kong and think of Taiwan. Here's what she said. I want to ask you all here, does anyone want war? Nobody wants war. Do we want peace? Everyone wants peace. Look at Hong Kong and think of Taiwan. We don't want Hong Kong-style peace. We want dignified peace. Everyone, am I right? At a campaign rally for presidential frontrunner William Lai, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen urged voters to think of Beijing's suppression of democratic freedoms in the former British colony. Critics say Hong Kong's freedoms have been quietly eroded by Beijing's national security law since it was imposed on the city in 2020. Hong Kong has returned to Chinese rule in 1997 with the promise of autonomy under a one-country, two-systems framework. 
China made the same offer to Taiwan, but the island staunchly denies Chinese sovereignty. Tsai says peace must be backed up with a commitment to boost defenses. The Chinese regime claims Taiwan as its own territory despite never having ruled the island and has voted to annex it by force if necessary. As Taiwan's presidential election approaches, a top American diplomat is speaking up. Watch. As Taiwan gets closer to its elections, I want to emphasize that the United States has deep confidence in Taiwan's electoral processes and democratic system. We believe it is for the Taiwan voters to decide their next leader, free from outside interference. Sandra Odkirk leads the American Institute in Taiwan, which is the de facto U.S. Embassy on the island. She said in a speech at National Taiwan University on Monday that Taiwan's election must be free from outside interference. Odkirk added that the U.S. is not taking sides, and U.S. policy towards the island will remain the same no matter who wins in January. A new standoff unfolding in one of the world's most disputed waterways. China is accusing a U.S. naval ship of illegal intrusion, while the U.S. Navy calls it a routine operation. The clash is happening in the South China Sea. Beijing claims virtually all of it as Chinese territory, despite an international tribunal ruling otherwise. Here's more. Man our ship and bring her to life. The USS Gabriel Giffords, seen here in Texas in 2017, is what the U.S. Navy calls an independence-class littoral combat ship. And on Monday, China's military claimed the Gabriel Giffords illegally entered waters adjacent to a disputed South China Sea atoll that has recently seen several maritime confrontations. A Chinese spokesperson said, quote, the U.S. seriously undermined regional peace and stability, adding that the U.S. disrupted the South China Sea and violated China's sovereignty. China is in disputes with several of its neighbors over its extensive claims of territorial waters in the South China Sea. The U.S. Navy said the USS Gabriel Giffords was conducting routine operations in international waters in the South China Sea, consistent with international law. The Chinese military spokesperson said the U.S. ship was monitored and followed. The U.S. Navy responded, quote, We will not be deterred from continuing to work alongside our allies and partners in support of our shared vision for a free and open Indo-Pacific. In recent months, China has had several run-ins with Philippine vessels in the South China Sea. Over the weekend, the Philippine Coast Guard shared this video. It says shows hundreds of Chinese maritime militia vessels gathering near a reef within Manila's exclusive economic zone. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson on Monday called the Chinese vessel's behavior, quote, responsible and lawful, and castigated the Philippines for what it said were, quote, irresponsible remarks. A Black Friday shopping spree exposing evidence of a scandal in China. A U.K. buyer discovered a card sewn in the lining of her new waterproof coat. On the card, there's a mugshot of a man in a prisoner's uniform, along with a name and code. The Guardian reported that the name of a Chinese prison was also printed on the card. The card was sealed in a plastic card holder, reading, produced by the Ministry of Justice Prisons Bureau. The Derbyshire resident said she got the code from a British fashion brand, Regatta. She told The Guardian that the discovery was unexpected, adding, quote, it just makes you feel really uneasy and uncomfortable. The woman said Regatta has approached her multiple times after the report came out. At first, they directed her to throw the card away. 
Later, they asked her to mail it to the company, promising benefits in exchange. She rejected the offer. The company denies offering the incentives. The discovery has reignited concerns about Chinese forced labor in global supply chains. Germany and Brazil coming together for their first government consultations in eight years. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz met Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva on Monday, making him the first foreign leader to visit Lula in Brazil only weeks after his inauguration. Both nations are calling for a trade deal between the European Union and South America's major trading bloc, Mercosur. Brazil presided over the bloc. Germany considers Brazil a key partner in its bid to diversify its trade and cut reliance on China. Besides trade, Lula is trying to restore Brazil's standing on the global stage. That's after years of diplomatic isolation under his predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro. Schultz and Lula were expected to hold a joint press conference later on Monday. Coming up, is the Chinese Communist Party's reach extending beyond China's borders? From corporate giants to political leaders, Beijing seems to have quietly gotten its hands into nearly every sector, even in America. One U.S. investment firm is defying the odds, choosing to invest in companies not controlled by the CCP. What's behind the firm's decision? To discuss, we sit down with Art Alley, the founder and president of Timothy Plan. More on that after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. The Chinese Communist Party owns everything. That's according to American investment firm founder Art Ali. But what's the real extent of the CCP's infiltration in America? And why is it crucial for other financial leaders to do the same and stop investing in Beijing-controlled entities? Joining us now is Art Ali, the founder and president of Timothy Plan. Art Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Oh, Tiffany, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Now, you are the founder and president of Timothy Plan and recently announced you're pulling investments out of China. What led to this? Well, that's not exactly, how did they say it? That's substantially correct, Tiffany. Uh, we would never invest in any company that was owned by the communist regime in China. So it's not like we pulled out. But we did try, you know, there are some privately owned companies uh, in China. And, you know, our money manager said, you know, we'd like to own a couple of these. And, you know, for a while we said, okay, but then, you know, that's silly. Because in a communist regime, they run and control everything. So we finally said, you know what, no China, period. They are not our friend. Uh, in fact, they're our active enemy. Uh, and so we're not going to own anybody, uh, any company, privately owned or communist uh, uh, owned companies in China. Uh, and it's because a communist government, they control everything. Recently, we saw Chinese leader Xi Jinping visit President Biden on the sidelines of oh, the APEC summit in San yeah. Francisco. Now, he also gave a speech at a dinner and 16 of the biggest CEOs in America attended, paying up to $40,000 a ticket. How should Americans read that welcome? Should they be concerned? Uh, they ought to be disgusted, Tiffany. I mean, this is our enemy. And to have those people, especially the big leaders, fawning over this communist leader uh, who is not a good guy. 
their whole system is, uh, is horrible. Uh, and how we could fawn over them in this, what used to be a very free country, with people that, uh, you know, exercise their freedom. Uh, China is a huge problem, but what encourages me is the average American is waking up. They're waking up to what China's really all about. They are not our friend. We do not need them. We don't even want them uh, unless we're trying to push a socialistic, communistic agenda on the United States of America. And I, for one, appreciate the freedom we've had. I don't want to give it up. Uh, but there is leadership that is, uh, excuse my words, but hell-bent on, on destroying the, the free enterprise capitalistic system, which is the greatest in the history of the world. Communists does not have that. Uh, we're trying to follow their lead. How silly is that? Uh, so, you know, here at Timothy, all we do, you know, we, we are not uh, the size of a black rock. We have about $2 billion, a little over $2 billion in assets now. But that's encouraging because that's $2 billion the world doesn't have in their hands. Uh, so we're here for people that really do want to follow uh, their basic, foundational, moral uh, uh, beliefs and understanding in the way they invest the money they've been entrusted with. And on that note, how can America improve its own economic gains given the economic woes we are seeing in China right now? Well, we can stand up and be counted. Now, I know this focuses on China and the subject of China, but everybody's trying to push this uh, one world government agenda with China kind of at the core of it all, like we're bowing down and, and worshiping them. Uh, give me a break, Tiffany. There, we do not need to do that. Uh, we do not. Uh, people just need to speak up. So we can make a difference. The other side understood that. They have been the other side. I'm saying the ones that are promoting an unholy agenda. They have been using money as a weapon for years and years and years and years. While we've been sitting back, uh, kind of pursuing the uh, American dream of unlimited prosperity, not paying attention to what's going on. I'm here to tell you from what I'm seeing now, there is a great awakening happening in America. People are waking up to what's going on, not just China, but right here. We're trying to follow in their footsteps. And you know, how silly is that? Art Ali, thank you so much for your time. Tiffany, thank you for the good work you're doing. God bless you. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.